Good morning, Church on the Rock. Uh, my name is Rashad Cunningham. I'm the, I'm the pastor here at Church on the Rock, the church that you're at. I thank God for each and every one of you that are here. I, I praise God sincerely from the bottom of my heart. I'm seeing so many faces of, of people I love and cherish. And I'm, I'm going to be completely as transparent, probably even more than the first service. It's been a tough morning. It's been a tough month. It's been a tough year at Church on the Rock and individually in my life. So what you're about to receive is strictly God speaking because I am I'm broken this morning. I really am. Um, the reason we do the Good Morning Church on the Rock, Good Morning Rashad, is because it lets me know that you are actually anticipating a word from God himself, not from me, that you're awake, that you're alert. Even at 11 a.m., some of us are still asleep, right? So I, I really... I don't know anybody's background for some of you, but this morning, I want you here, okay? Just whether you believe in God or not, whether you believe in Jesus or not, whatever's going on in your life, give me, I'm not going to lie, maybe 40 minutes. <laughs> give, me, give me your, just give me you this morning, because I'm about to give you all of me as we close out this year. So please, just be here, actually be here for the for the remainder of the service. Maybe you are building your way up or drinking your coffee, trying to get, be here right in this moment because I, I believe the way God is, even right now as I speak, healing me, I, I pray there's somebody in this room who needs this message from God. Um, notes to the side. I don't want no notes. I want it from my heart. So, good morning, Church on the Rock. We are closing out the year with a sermon series called, Will You Rock With Us? Um, yes, play on words, but looking at people, individuals, and saying, will you partner in and join us on the mission for God? Now, maybe you're not from here, or maybe you don't, you're not a member here at Church on the Rock, and you're like, well, this might not apply to me. No, will you rock with the kingdom? Will you rock with Christ? Will you rock with all of us? And we went through 1 Corinthians 12, and we were teaching the importance of every individual person in the body, and, and now we're closing it out with this message. We're going to be in Psalm 62, Psalm 62, uh, verses 5 through 8. It's, it's a beautiful psalm that I, I pray everybody in this room will take a moment today after church to read all 12 verses because it's so important and such a, a beautiful section of scripture, but I'm going to focus on verses 5 through 8 because God gave this to me earlier this week, I, I believe, for what I'm going through this morning. So, the psalm says, My soul wait in silence for God only, for my hope is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my stronghold. I shall not be shaken. On God my salvation and my glory rest. The rock of my strength, my refuge is in God. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. And that's the psalm that we're going to be in. So to, to open this up, I, I want to start the same way I started last service. I have a confession to make before all of you. Um, confession's not easy one-on-one. -on -one. Imagine how hard it is <laughs> right now, okay? But if we're going to do what this psalm is asking us to do, if we're going to get to the place where we need to be, I need to be the example and just be naked before you. 
Um, last week, we had an amazing Christmas service. Everybody give it up for the Christmas service, please. It was put on, um, I, Lucy and Tyler were put in charge of it, and when I, when I came in, um, I was so caught up. I was talking to Bill even. I was like, man, should we have the kids sing first or the kids sing second? Should we turn the lights on or keep the lights off? Should we do this or do that? And I got so caught up in the presentation and in the program that I lost sight of the purpose for like the first 30 minutes I was there. The first 30 minutes I was just walking around frantic about what it looked like for you instead of what it looked like to God. I was walking around so caught up in in your approval that I forgot the whole reason I was there was for Jesus Christ. You understand what I'm saying? I was so caught up in the, in the presentation, I forgot that I was there for the prince of actual peace. So I had no joy. I had no rest in my soul. We were running around trying to get things put together, and, and we brought in a, a lamp, and, and um, the lamp broke. Everybody, can you kind of see that there? Because I'm not, you know, I'm trying to make sure everybody, the lamp broke, this is the lamp, it broke, it broke because we were running around concerned with the presentation, concerned with how it looked for people, for, with the appearance and all these things, and in the midst of all of that, we broke. This is me this morning. This is me this morning. I'm a broken vessel who's not standing up here preaching to you as some theological scholar. Or I'm sitting right next to each and one of you in the empty seat that's next to you, mama. I'm sitting right there with you, and this is me. And the only, the only thing holding me together this morning, even after preaching this one time, is Christ. It's God. This is it. All my pieces, Lord, all my pieces are in here this morning. I thought I was ready for this sermon. I prepared all week. I studied. I gave my heart to it. I was ready. I, I, I called Tyler, and I was like, Tyler, this is how I want to do the songs, and here's the music. Normally, she picks the music. I picked the music. I had it all put together. And this morning, I received a message that, that broke me, that broke me. And I've been walking around all morning trying to figure out why am I broken this morning? Why, why am I here? I know the scriptures. I know what the Bible says. I know what I'm supposed to, but why, why did this message, it wasn't some crazy sin, I, it was a message to me that told me I failed somebody. I failed somebody. In, in their minds, in their heart, I failed somebody. And even, even as I'm looking around right now, Stefan, young man, you don't know this. But Madden, my Madden 19 is for you. I, have it, I, I meant to bring it. I didn't bring it. I failed you. I'm sorry. I know you may not see it that way, but I put that on me. I failed you. I'm sorry. And I'm looking at some of the marriages that are in the house and how I had to take a week off and I couldn't be available for you because I was so tired and I, I failed you. I flat out failed you. There's some of you who have reached out to me on my inboxes and on my text messages and I've tried to respond to everybody individually and I failed you all. I failed all of you. I've been trying to be everything to everybody all year long, and I failed time and time and time again. Over and over and over, I come up short. I come up short of trying to be the Messiah, and I'm not supposed to be the Messiah, but my pride and my love for you forces me to try to be something I'm not, and as a result, many of you have been hurt by my lack of being there for you. Can you imagine, can you imagine being being looked at by a community saying, why haven't you been at the hospital more for Cameron? 
a 13-year-old from your church family who's fighting cancer? Can you imagine what that feels like when you're also trying to be there for your 15-year-old? You fell. So many people. And we put this pressure on ourselves to be something for each other. We walk into these doors and we put on this fake front for each other, trying to be something for each other, when this is supposed to be a place of rest. I'm supposed to be able to come in here and be broken with you. There's a quote that says, a church without broken people is a broken church. I shouldn't have to come in here put together. I should be able to come in here and say, hey, even as your pastor, I'm only a pastor because God has called me to this position. Nothing I did put me on this stage in front of you. God has called me and God has called you to this church. You're only here because of him. So this is me. If it's not enough for you, I have to start remembering that I'm not him. Psalm 62 starts right there. Psalm 62, David says, my soul, wait in silence for God only. Sometimes when we read this, we'll read it straight across. We'll say, my soul, wait for God, and wait, wait in silence for God only. Like it's, like it's a fact, like it's a indicative, like it's a statement he's making. But no, this right here, that wait in silence, it's an imperative. It's a command. David is speaking to himself. Has anybody ever talked to themselves? Anybody? Okay, I'm not the only one. Yeah? Yeah? Okay, okay. Yeah. This morning, I did a whole lot of talking to myself. Because Rashad, how are you going to get up and preach a message that you're not living? <laughs> how are you going to get up and speak to people about something that you're not even doing that well with right now? So I had to speak to my soul. And the Hebrew word for soul also had neck in its, in its, in its thought, right? Like the neck is where you breathe, where you eat, where you drink. The soul, everything that you are right here is, is, is the soul per se, right? So another uh, definition for the Hebrew word there would have been neck. They used it for the word neck as well. Now think about this. If you tell your neck or your soul to wait in silence for God only, why? For my hope, my expectation, my optimism is only from him and him alone. This is where I failed this morning. This is where I was broken this morning. Why? Because I've placed so many expectations in your response. I've placed my hope throughout the year off and on. Sometimes I'm good. Sometimes I'm there, right? Sometimes I'm there and I'm, it's God and God alone. But there are times like this morning when something hits me, catches me off guard, and I read it, and I, and I, I feel like I've, I've lost my hope, my joy, my expectation because somebody has told me that I failed them, that I didn't meet their expectation, and it breaks me because I placed my hope in their response instead of him. Anybody, anybody been there? Has anybody been there? Because that's where I'm at. Can you imagine what this does? My, my, my first point in this text is, is, will you rest with us? Will you just rest? Just rest with us. What does that mean, Rashad? Will you just rest with us, truly rest? You know how people go on vacation and they come back more exhausted than when they left? Because they, they, they plan a vacation and they'll come and say, we're about to go on vacation and we're going to do all these things when we get there. And you're like, so where's the vacation? 
You're probably doing more on the vacation than you do when you're at home, right? And you come back and they're more exhausted because that's not true rest. The rest I'm asking, will you rest with us? Whether you stay at Church on the Rock or whether you go somewhere else, will you rest with us in the Lord? The wait in silence, Psalm 62.5, go back to it, Bonnie. The wait in silence also means to rest, to just rest. How many of you find your rest in God and God alone? Because if not, this is what you end up as every single time. If I, if I place my rest on my finances, what happens when the money doesn't come? If I place my, my rest in, in this church building, what happens when the building goes down? What happens when the people don't gather the way you expected them to? What, what happens then? Where does your rest go then, huh? Some of you business owners, and if you place your rest in your business, what happens when the customers aren't coming? You start, anxiety comes, and, and it tears you apart, right? And you're like, what am I going to do now? It's because all of your hope, your, your confirmation, your expectation was in things that could be taken from you. The only thing you should have hope in is God, God alone. This morning, I failed at that. Last Sunday, I failed at that for the first 30 minutes. I was so concerned with everything else. I didn't put all of my rest, my, my hope, my expectations, everything. I, I didn't just say, God, this is yours. There's nothing that we're doing. I say it every week, and that's why I'm, I'm so broken this morning, because I say it every week. There's nothing we do special that brings people in these doors. We have no gimmicks. We have absolutely, we turned the lights off. That was our gimmick, right? We have no gimmicks. So why am I putting on myself this pressure to please and to be everything for everybody when I'm supposed to decrease so that he increases? So I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it like this. This is my soul wait in silence for God only, God alone. My hope is from him. Guess who it's not from? It's not from me. And I want to I wanna apologize and ask for your forgiveness, anybody in this room who I've counseled, anybody who I've sat down with, anybody who I've prayed with, if I have mistakenly led you to put your hope and your trust and your rest in me, I have failed you, and I'm asking for your forgiveness. Even if I didn't mean to, even if I didn't mean to, I hope I have pointed you to Christ and Christ alone. When we open the Bible together, for those of you who have done marriage counseling with me, for those of you who have done discipleship with me, I hope I'm constantly saying, look, I can say a whole bunch of words, but what it comes down to is, do you rest in his word? Because there's nothing else I can do. I can't be anything else for you but a guide in his word, his truth. I, I am nothing. I am absolutely nothing. When you, when you tell people that, when you tell me you've met somebody who is considering Christ and all that and you can't wait to get them here to hear me, you need to recalculate that and get them here to hear God or meet them where they're at and introduce them to God yourself because I'm nothing. I'm nothing. You remove Christ out of my life and I'm a person you don't want to know or be around. Read my testimony. Read my testimony. You take Christ out of my testimony, and you don't want nothing to do with me. You don't want me around your kids. Hide your wife, hide your kids, right? <laughs> right? You take Christ out of the equation, and that's who I am. You don't want me nowhere involved in your life. 
because that's what I am without Christ. So who should you put your hope in? This fallen, broken, broken glass of a person or, or Christ? And that hope, remember, that hope is not I hope the Colts go to the playoffs tonight. It's a guarantee. It's an expectation. My expectation is from him. I actually expect him to do everything he said he would do in his word because if he fails to be faithful, he fails to be God. So I'm not leaning on Pastor Rashad. I'm not going to make that, well, I love God, but the church let me down, so I'm done with the church. What if you was never here for God to begin with? Your hope should be in him and him alone. I, I, I agree with you. If my hope was in the church, I'm gone. I love Church on the Rock. I'd be out. I'd be outie. If, if my hope was in all of you, I love you all. Trust me, I love you all, but I will never place my hope in any of you. Therefore, my being here or not being here or any of that has nothing to do with what you do to me or don't do to me, what you do for me or what you don't do for me. And therefore, I'm asking you, if, if, that, if I look at you that way, then why wouldn't you look at me the same? Why wouldn't you look at each other the same? Is your... Let's go to the next verse. Let's go to the next verse. So he says, he only, look at this, he who, God, only is my rock, my salvation, my stronghold. I will not be shaken, right? He's my rock, my salvation, my stronghold. We're asking you as well, not will you only rest with us, but will you refuge with us? That's my second point. Will you refuge with us? Will you literally hide behind Christ? Will you hide in his word? Will you hide in God? Will you let him cover you? Will you do that with us? Because there's nothing I can do to shield you from the enemy except point you to the one who has overcame the enemy. He's my rock. Listen to this. Go back to that verse, Bonnie. My rock, my salvation, my stronghold is my, 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 he only. He only is my. He only is my. He only is my. Think about any luxury you have in life right now. Whether you believe or not, somebody has provided that for you. You woke up in a home. You think you got that home because of your education and your bank account? That's what it looks like in, in the world. But here's the thing. You can't, wake up in, you can't wake up in that home if he doesn't wake you up. Right? You can't wake up to enjoy that home that you put all your security in, that home that you put all your trust in. You can't wake up in that home if he doesn't wake you up. You don't make it to church this morning if the road doesn't stay the way it is and gravity is the way it is and all the things that he holds in the balance of his power. You think gravity just, just is? <laughs> if somebody's texting and driving on the way here and then just swerves the wrong way, one centimeter too much, you're dead. It's very likely that you're dead. Somebody allowed you to be here this morning. Somebody allowed you to wake up this morning. So my refuge is in that somebody. His name is God. Let me introduce you. 
the creator of all things, the one who holds everything in, in his hands. He, he, he takes my brokenness and he keeps it all together somehow. If I tried to put this back together, I would never be able to put it back together, but he holds it all in place somehow. I don't know how he does it, and I'm here as a result. The only reason I'm able to stand up here and preach this morning is because I had to look at this again this morning. While I'm here walking around, my face just, just drowned in sorrow because I'm not going to fake it for any of you. I'm going to be who I am, drowned in sorrow, and I'm just I'm reading this over and over saying, God, I can't preach this if you can't just, just give me this peace, give me this rest, give me this refuge because i got to stand before these people and confess some things. It's not comfortable, and I'm broken, and I'm hurt, and I'm lost sometimes, and, I, and I'm not perfect at this, but I can't preach this if I'm not living it. Why am I shaking this morning? And all he says is because you put your refuge in their approval. So when you didn't get their approval, you were shaken. If you take anything and make an idol out of it, it will die eventually. It will fail you eventually. At some point, it will let you down. And when it lets you down, you will be shaken. The only way you will not be shaken is if you place your stronghold, your rock, your salvation, your expectation, your hope in God and God alone. Where's your security today, this morning? Think, just be honest. Don't, I'm being honest with you so you can be honest with yourself, okay? So I'm going to put myself out there for you. I told you, this morning, as of this morning, I thought I had it together when I was reading this verse, and then one person's disapproval of me broke me, shook me. So I guess, I guess my hope, my security was in people and was in their approval, Always trying to love everybody with everything I got, hoping that they understand that this is real. But even now as I'm speaking to you, and this is my second service, I'm, I'm worried in my head, do, do people think the tears are real? Because I did this once. Do they understand that this is hurting even right now as I speak this out loud, that this, these are actual tears for me because I've done this once? You, Rebecca, you, you travel doing the same different skits and everything, and sometimes it'll bring you to a place when you're praying and talking to people, even after doing the exact same skits, and it breaks you every time, right? It's real. But I still struggle with people. What do you struggle with? Because I'm, be, I'm being honest. I'm just being, I'm being an open book, okay? Judge me, do what you got to do. But what do you struggle? Where is your security? What is it in, huh? Because I'm telling you, it will fail you. It will fail you. Is your security in your looks? You're going to get old. Father time does not lose. Okay? And you can do all that plastic surgery all you want, long as you can. Eventually, you will lose. Is it in your spouse? If we're being honest, I love my wife. I think we have an amazing marriage. I still fail her. She still fails me. Is it in your children? You, you want me to explain that your children will fail you? Do I, do I have to exegete that? <laughs> Is it in... Is it, don't look at each other, stop. <laughs> I forgot there's older children. <laughs> is, it, is, it, is it in your job? Because when they, when they take that job from you, when, when they take it from under you, then what? Then you're shook, right? And, and this is what happens. This is why this is important. Because this is what happens. When you've placed all of that security, when you've placed all of that hope, all that confirmation, and these things that can be taken from you, when they're taken from you, the first person you shake your fist at is God. When he's the one that told you, don't put your trust in those things. But then you want to look at him. If you loved me, if you really cared about me, right? Some of us are, some of us are single, right? Is, where, where, how are you doing with your singleness? Huh? 
Are you looking in the future saying, if I just had a man, if I just had a woman, I, I, everything would be okay? Some of us haven't had a child yet. Are you in a position where you're like, if I just had this child, if I just had a child, if I just had a baby, everything would be okay? Because what happens when that baby doesn't make it? What happens when you put all of your hope into your son, you name him Exodus, and he comes out, and 25 years later, he's gone? It shakes you. It shakes everything you believe in. Well, what happens when that man or that woman you was waiting on, you get with, and then all of a sudden it doesn't work out, and you put all of your hope, all of your expectations that the world would be okay in a better place in that person? It shakes you. The only way you cannot be shook is if you place your hope, your refuge, your reliance, your, your rest, all of it in God and God alone. It's the only thing that can't be taken from you. It's the only thing that can't be taken from you here on earth. Name something in your life, it can be taken from you. So, so this morning, this is where I'm at. I'm in a place of brokenness. I'm in a place of being reminded and humbled that I need to consistently and, and daily open up and remind myself where my rock is, where my salvation is, where my stronghold is, and that is it's in God. And and I ask you, where, where is yours? You see, some, some people immediately start thinking of other people in their lives. Yeah, if so-and-so would just lean on God, they would be, well, what about you first? What about you? Stop thinking about that other person that you're thinking about right now. Stop it. Stop it. Who cares? What about you? You know what? Nine times out of ten, they're not doing it because they're looking at you and you're not doing it. They're like, hold on, talk about Christian. You, hold, hold on. I'm supposed to trust in him, but you don't even trust in him. So why am I going to trust in him? I'm supposed to lean on him, depend on him, but as soon as something shakes or pokes at you, you're shook. I don't need your God. I can do that by myself. What they say, I can, be bad. I can do bad by myself, right? I don't need to come to this and attend that and read this and do that to be shook, Right? So before you think about any of those people, think, think about you. Where is, where is your security today, this morning? Where is it? If, if God forbid, God forbid, if, if, if God took your, your spouse today, are you shaking your fist at God? Are you done with God? Are you done with the church? Are you done with all things God because your idol's been taken away? What about your child? What about your child? What about when your child is taken with your newborn child? You, you spend nine months carrying a child, and you birth the child, and a, a day later, the child's gone, taken. And you believe, you believe when God says, I'm the author of life and death, I'm in control. And now all of a sudden, you're looking at God like, well, who, who are you to take my child? How can you say you love me and do things like this and allow things like this to happen? And to, how can you? And the thing is, when you say that, Think about what you're saying about there's your God. Whatever it is that you're mad at God for taking from you or for removing from your life or allowing, there's your God. You, uh, my, the comfort of my life is gone. I'm struggling and blah, blah, blah. There is no God. Well, comfort was your God. I lost my spouse or I lost my child. Um, I, I lost a friend or, or um, 
but my church did this or the pre- whatever, it, whatever that is that you're mad at God about and you're giving up on God for, there was your God. There's your God. And, and yeah, it hurts when your God dies because you've worshiped your God. You've given everything you have to your God. And then your God fails you and it destroys you every time. It <laughs> breaks you every single time. That's what happens when you put somebody or something in the place of our God, our Father in heaven, every single time. So I'm asking you, will you rest with us on him? Will you refuge with us in my glory or honor rest? Uh, Excuse me, on God, my salvation and my glory rest. So on God, my salvation and my glory, my victory and my honor rest. The rock of my strength, the source of my strength, my refuge is in God. This entire thing, he, he, he hasn't named anything else but God as the source of everything for all that comfort you're looking for, all that, all that stability in your life that you're looking for in this crazy world. There's only one solution. His name is Christ. It's the only solution. I said this last service. Let me see if I can say it again. So anybody play tag when they were younger? And maybe you're still young. Yeah, go ahead. Wait, yeah. You're still young and you play tag, play tag. All right, I was the worst at playing tag because um, I made rules up as I go, right? So, like, say, say Adam's chasing after me and this was base, but I'm not close enough and I can't get past him. I just said this was base. <laughs> and if I got away from here and he's chasing me, I'm like, well, here's base now. And they'd be like, well, how can you change base? I'm like, I made the rules. It's my backyard. Base is what I want it to be. You didn't know it because I'm just now telling you, right? Life doesn't work like that. You can't choose your safe place. You can't choose base. See, you're, you're saying, oh, my finances are base. Your finances ain't going to protect you from the enemy, okay? You're saying, oh, my spouse or my child or my, my comfort or whatever. The only thing that is safe is, is, is Christ, right? That's the only base that you have. That's the only thing that you can stand on, that you can touch, that you can be in the presence of that will keep you from the enemy, that will save you, that will protect you, that will allow you to hide in him. You see, I lost this. I completely lost this. And what happened was, instead of remembering how he sees me when I'm singing a song that says, I am a child of God, I was worried about how you see me. And it shook me, shook me to the core to know that I'm a failure to many of you. That I'm a letdown to many of you. That I'm, that I'm a hypocrite to many of you. That I'm a liar to many of you. That I'm the one that doesn't always show up or recancels or, or reschedules and all these. It, 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 it broke me because I put so much into you and not enough into God. And I know if you're being honest, this is some of you. This is why marriages struggle. Because I'm looking at my spouse expecting her to be God. And she can never be God. She can never be the one who died for me, the one who loves me unconditionally the way he did. She could attempt, she could try, but when she fails, I get mad at her as if it's her when it's me who made her God. We do it in every relationship, marriage, parenting, church, you name it. You you grip people together and they place the expectations of God on each other and then they're let down time and time again. 
I'm asking that we stop that, that we're done with that. Because when your identity is in Christ, you worship different. You see, we come in here and we're so busy looking this way and that way and worried about who's around us and the tone of our voice and what people may think or what they won't think. So we sing like this, I am a child of God, amen, right? And let the king of my heart, I don't know if I'm singing in the right tone, so I'm just going to whisper it, mouth it. So people think, even, even when we mouth it, it's so people think, so Tyler thinks, she's looking at me, oh, let me just... That's what we do. And we think God is okay with that because we act like, like, like we're doing him a favor. We come in here, he's lucky I came to church. He's lucky I even stood. I don't even like this song. I don't even like this song, so he's lucky I'm even standing and mouthing the words. That's how, that's how we worship. And we think God's okay with any worship. Well, as long as I'm there, he doesn't care. But read the Bible. There is worship that God has discussed for. We're going to be reading Malachi starting next, uh, starting next month. And he says in the book of Malachi, oh, I wish that some of you would close the doors so that you couldn't have this filthy, frail, fragile worship at my altar. That's what he says. And you think, yo, have Lukewarm worship is okay? Because you don't see this as a privilege. You don't see this as an opportunity. You're too worried about what everybody else thinks that you won't sing out. So he goes on, and, and, and this is how it closes out. He says, he, look at this. So I told you, first he looks at himself. He commands himself. He asks, it's an imperative. He says, hey, my soul, wait in silence on the Lord. But then look at this. He says, trust in him at all times. What? O people. See, I can't talk to y'all until I talk to me. And that's why I'm saying this is weird how God broke me this morning. I'm not happy about it, but he broke me this morning so I could look at myself. I, I'm, I'm broken. I'm convicted. I'm leaning on this scripture. And now I'm looking at you and saying, whatever situation you're in right now, this is for you too. Oh, people, trust in him at all times. Not the good times. Not just the good times. Not when everything's going okay. Not your financially profitable times. Not the times when your romance is perfect and your, your life is all in order. Not just those times. Trust in him at those times as well, but trust in him when everything has been shook in your life and taken from you. Don't pick and choose. All times. Say all times. All times. Trust in him at all times, oh people. So we're asking, will you rely with us? That's the third point. Will you rest with us? Will you refuge with us? Will you rely with us? Rely on him with us. Don't rely on us. Don't rely on me. Don't even rely on each other necessarily. Rely on him first. And as he brings people and they, and they support you in the midst of that, yes, but, but don't place the expectations of God on them because they will fail you. Once again, your spouse, your children, your, you go on and on and on. They will fail you. So he says trust in him at all times. He didn't say trust in the church at all times. <laughs> He didn't say trust in the pastor at all times. He didn't say, he said trust in God at all times. Use discernment with everybody else, but trust in God at all times. Go back to the verse, buddy, so we can close it out. He says, pour out your heart before him. Imagine being in the throne room. Imagine actually standing before God. How are you worshiping God in heaven? How are you going to worship God in heaven? Because I'm telling you right now, if you're doing it the way you're doing it this morning, that's not what it is. 
And that's not a shot at anybody. Everybody worships in a different way, right? Sing to the Lord. It's a command. Sing to the Lord. I don't care where your hands are at, right? I don't care about all of that. Sing to the Lord like you believe what you're singing. Because if you don't, you will be shook. You see, I was saying all that stuff last week. I was singing it two weeks ago, singing it three weeks ago. But one little message shook me. In that moment, I didn't believe any of the stuff I was singing. Let me just bring you up to speed on where I'm at, and then I'm done, okay? This month, I lost Phil Tucker. We lost Phil Tucker. A wife lost Phil Tucker. A, a, a father, a mother lost Phil Tucker, okay? We, we lost somebody who was a part of every plan that we had for 2019, and it, and it tried to shake me, but I, I looked. I looked to the Lord and said, this is all you. This is all you, Father. You, you've got this. You've got this. And then the next week, my sister fakes her death. She fakes her death. And it's two weeks before we know it's not fake. So we're processing the fact that maybe my sister's dead. I don't know. For two weeks, I don't know. And I still got responsibilities to my wife, to my daughter, to this, to this church family. But my sister faked her death. And then my brother, what? He threatens to kill me. I haven't seen him in five years, and he threatens to kill me. And then, and, then, and then there's Christmas still coming up, and there's sermons, and you're planning for next year, and financial stuff, and your wife, you're supposed to be a good husband, and you're supposed to take, what, what do I stand on? Where's my comfort? Where's my hope? What do I do? How do I get up here and, and prioritize these people you called me to, God? Especially when they're telling me I failed them. How do I love them the way you love me? How? How? You continue to take, 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 it seems, and now I'm up here and I'm supposed to love them first the way you love me? And he says, he says, trust in me at all times. He says, trust in me at all times. So when, so when I'm getting questions about Cameron, I don't have any answers. I don't know why. Our little girl, our baby girl is going through what she's going through. She, we thought she beat it in his back. And I don't, I don't have any answers. All I know is the trust in him at all times. And, and when somebody's asking me, why would they take Phil? Why would he take Phil at this age? I don't, I don't know. I'm just trusting in him at all times. And when they're asking about their marriage and why is my marriage crumbling? And I, I don't know. Just trusting him at all times. I'm, I'm just, I'm broken. I'm just broken. I'm, I'm just broken. I don't have nothing else. I'm broken with you. All I can do as a pastor is guide you to him. That's all I got. I got nothing else. I have nothing else. I'm... So this is, so, so listen, okay. Can you guys come up for me? Can you guys come up? Listen to this. Listen, this is how this rolls. This is how this flows. There's a part of a song that we just sang. It says, when the night is holding on to me, God is holding on. Okay? Listen to me. Everything I just told you is my night. It's been holding on to me. It's been pulling me down. And all I know is that God has been holding on. Every, every, everything that's weighing on me right now is the night. When the night's holding on to me, when it's trying to, to take me, into, God is still holding on. Take a moment before I ask you anything else right now. Be as serious about this as possible, please. What's your night? What is your night right now? 
What is the night in your life that is holding on to you? Do you believe God's holding on? Do you really, do you really, don't answer so quickly. Do you really believe God is holding on? Are you willing to enter into 2019, to walk out these doors today, believing God is actually holding on to every situation that you are in right now? Do you actually believe that? Don't respond. Just think about it real quick. What is your night? Identify the night in your life. Do you believe God is holding on? Is there anybody who struggled in their marriage this year? Honestly, can we be honest? Can we stand up? Those of you who have struggled in your marriage this year, stand up. Don't worry about who's looking at you. Stand up. I'm standing with you. Listen to me. God is holding on. Sing time. When the night is holding Has anybody lost anybody this year? Has anybody lost anyone? Stand up. If you've lost somebody this year, please stand up. Please join us. His whole being on. Has anybody struggled with their walk in general with God? Has anybody struggled? Is is anybody here this morning who's like, I want to believe, Father, but help my unbelief? Please stand up and join us. I'm with you. You're not, you're not by yourself. That's me this morning. Is anybody struggling to love anyone in their life that has betrayed them? Maybe it was many years ago, but you're struggling to love them. Stand with us and sing these words. That is your night. When the night is holding on to me. So if you believe this, stand up with us, please. If you believe this, just stand up with us. If you believe God is holding on, just stand up with us. Sing it one more time. Sing it one more time. Oh, Lord. So this is what we believe. This is what we believe. We believe that because God is holding on, there's a song that we sang throughout the year. We sang it because of Josh and Aaron. It's called Set a Fire. Aaron picked the song late one night. It was like midnight, and she suggested the song. And it goes, set a fire in my heart. 
in my soul that I can't, I can't contain it, I can't control, I want more of you, God. There's no way you're going to take this, this God is holding on mentality into the next year unless something is sparked inside of you that will push for you when you can't. It's that fire that we're asking God to set in our hearts. I want you to sing that with us. And then it goes on and, he, and, it, and we say there's no place I'd rather be. And it's not talking about a church building, but it's talking about in the presence of God. I don't want nobody walking out of this building without knowing that they're in the presence of God this morning. And to keep that, to hold on to that, to beg God to set a fire in you that you can't, you can't quench because you want more of him. Not more of me, not more of programs or ministries, but more of God. So please join us and sing it like we mean it. Sing it like we believe it, that we want more of God. Amen.
I want to once again thank you, thank God most importantly for allowing me to be real. Um, I'm fine. Believe it or not, I am fine. These tears come from a place of me idolizing things I shouldn't have idolized this year. And I'm, it's a release. You don't understand the freeing feeling I have right now this morning of just being honest with you about what, I, what was revealed to me this morning. I'm fine. Only because of where I've placed my hope and where I've reestablished, reestablished my foundation. But I want you to have what I have right this moment. It's a peace that surpasses all understanding. It's a joy that I cannot explain. I, I, I can't explain what I'm experiencing right in this moment. So before you leave, just, that glass illustration is every single one of us. Remember that when you're looking at each other and, and leaning on each other, we're, we're glass. We're broken. It's, we're going to fail. We're going to... Your husbands, your wives, your children, your church members, and everybody else, we're glass. And maybe you don't have that relationship with God this morning. This is what it's all about. The fact that this is who we are, and he keeps us all together. He died for our brokenness. He died for our sins. He wants us to have eternal salvation, eternal peace, eternal rest, eternal refuge, eternal reliance on him in the kingdom of heaven with our Father in heaven. So he came to earth. He humbled himself. He didn't have to do it. He came down and he died on the cross for us who were so unworthy. I'm so unworthy to be standing here right now. And he died for me. And he died for each and every single one of you in this room whether you believe it or not, he died for you, and he tells you to just accept, to just call on the name of the Lord, and you will be saved. So we're, we're asking you make that decision this morning, and there's no special prayer. You don't have to come down to the altar or any of that. I'm here if you want me, but don't lean on me. Lean on him. He's enough. It's not Christ and, it's Christ and Christ alone. So as we get ready to leave out, please just remember this. Don't, don't walk out this door and just let this be a, a, a program or a show or a performance. This is real for me. I pray it's real for you. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we thank you for, for being our all and everything. Father, we thank you for Rachel, the beautiful soul that you're sending out from our church, Father. We we thank you for the souls that are here this morning. We thank you for waking them up another day, another Sunday. Father, we thank you for giving us the privilege and the luxury to gather freely without fear of our, our lives. Father, we, we even thank you for those who we've lost this year, knowing that you are in perfect control of everything. We thank you for those who are still sick this year, knowing that you see it. Father, you see everything that we are experiencing, and, and you are here with us. You have not forsaken us. You've promised us in your word, Father, that if we cast all of our anxieties, all of our fears, all of our cares on you, you are faithful. Father, you made a promise that says you care for us. If we would just humble ourselves under your mighty hand, I am so grateful to have you as my rock, to have you as my salvation. And Father, if I ever slip... If I ever forget, humble me like you have this morning, Father, and remind me that you are the only guaranteed thing in this world. I'm calling on you, Father. 
I'm calling on you on behalf of the people who are here, on behalf of the people who aren't here. May we all surrender to your will. We called this the year of surrender in the beginning. May we finish it in the same way. Thank you for holding on to us when it seems like no one else was there. It's in your precious and beautiful son, Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. You guys have an excellent end of the year.